Hello and a big welcome to all of you out there who are listening and see us also. Um, yeah, I have a special guest today uh, from yeah almost the other side of the world. <laughs> uh, Teresa Gritner, welcome to you. It's so nice to have you here. Hi Anne, thanks for having me. Yeah, and I... Uh, as I always ask, uh, how did you get into horses and what are you doing today? Please tell us about you. So I actually came from a not horse family and I was fascinated with them since as long as I can remember. But I have a story from my mom. I used to sneak in anytime I would see a horse in a field or at an event, um, I would sneak in and go pet them when I was little. So thankfully, they were all very quiet horses when I would just be in the field petting them. If they couldn't find me, I'd be petting horses somewhere. And um, when Sounds I got like me, old, <laughs> like, okay, um, when I got old enough that I could, I could read, I only lived about a half a block away from our library. And so I would just grab any and all horse books from the library and a big thanks to my mom she said as soon as I read all the books in the library I could start asking around and see if there are any horses I could work with and so when <laughs> so I, I grew up in read town, a lot <laughs> yeah there was a lot of reading um and the town I grew up in there was about 600 people it's very small we're in the middle of nowhere um, but the horses that I worked with were less than a mile away and I would just ride my bike to the horses and I would bring whatever book I had on the how to do horse things and I yeah. would sit in the barn and I would just like oh put a halter on and I would read how to do it and then I would put the <laughs> halter on like that seems right that's I got that figured out <laughs> so uh, there was what? a lot of failure <laughs> You you talk about it's the middle of nowhere. Where are you in, in the world? So when I, I grew up in Minnesota, it's a super small okay. town called Cosmos. It's right uh -huh. in the middle of the state. And um, I moved to Aiken 15, I think, years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, kind of where I really, I, I started all my horse stuff in Minnesota, obviously, just always obsessed with them and worked for a barn in St. Cloud, which is about an hour and a half from where I grew up, starting quarter horses and really got to jump into everything I wanted to be. I kept thinking I was going to have a different career because horses don't have any money in them. And uh, I can't so. do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't do it. I love, I love horses. And anytime I would try something else, I would just be miserable. So um, I fell off a lot and I got, they got an off the track thoroughbred. And I had read in all of the magazines that yeah, those those are the best horses for eventing. Mm -hmm. So I said, I can teach myself how to event. And I fell off a lot. I broke my back once. Um, <laughs> I didn't have, I had a saddle with one stirrup because it was a used saddle from a tax sale that I got for like $75. And I was just learning how to jump. I'm like, how hard can it be? I teach horses how to do barrel racing. This is going to be easy. Um, I was really wrong. Like there was, there was a learning curve there. So I went became a working student in Aiken, uh, where kind of all the U.S. eventers go in the winter. There's a show every day of the week. There's recognized events close to every day of the week. 
And it's amazing the amount of knowledge and and horse people that show up in the winter there. The whole U.S. team practices there. Um, when I was leaving, they were building. I know it's built now. It's an amazing facility. Uh, a whole facility for like that has a four star event that's ran there. Like it's phenomenal. And so I got to work with top professionals for ten years, mm-hmm. um, and just bounce around as a freelance groom, rider, crash test dummy. I got to do that a lot. A lot of this horse spins real hard. Let's put Teresa on it. <laughs> and, <laughs> And I would, like, I didn't have any fear, so let's do it. Um, and then I got pregnant, and I have mm-hmm. uh, have a four and a half, she'll tell you, a four and a half year old daughter. And I realized that's probably really bad for my body when I'm growing a human. So I got uh, a real horse job with paid time off and everything. Okay. In and that's about two hours from, from Aiken. And I have been here pretty much ever since, like about four and a half five years and actually I think uh, this October it'll be five years and I worked for that company for a year and then the pandemic and in the middle of the pandemic I said I'm gonna start my own lesson barn and I did (laughs) yeah yeah that's it the pandemic the pandemic was not just wrong it was right for a lot of people (laughs) It was, it could not have happened at a better time. Like I got Mm -hmm. to spend a whole bunch of time with my kid. I had an entire year that I wasn't worried about. Like I got to watch her grow for a whole year Mm -hmm. before I really started panicking about how am I going to eat and what should I do with my horses? So that was, I was very fortunate and I'm very lucky that I didn't know anybody that was, you know, that had passed away from it because I got Mm -hmm. to just enjoy the the plus side of being able to go slow with my child. So that was really cool. Yeah. So where did you end it? <laughs> so now I actually, I rent a facility um, from one of the directors that I met at the the real job. Mm-hmm. I rent a very cute facility. It's an enormous field with a lit arena. And I don't teach the standard on the rail, eyes up, leg on, get behind the pony in front of you and keep trotting up, down, up, down lessons. I teach um, the max two students to one instructor and I include herd dynamics. And are you comfortable with doing this? I'm not going to yell at you if you don't get it right. I want you to try it and fail and figure out how to do it. And here's a book. Here's some here's video. A book. Yes. Yeah, many, many books. I have, I have a whole little library that kids get to check out if they want. Um, but yeah, I get, I get to, since it's my program, I can kind of let them go on their timeline. We're not a show facility by any means. We're, we're a kid's program. We, I encourage the kids to build a relationship with the horses. And so right now we have four horses. Uh, one of them is a 21 year old quarter horse. Her name is Snuff. She's like the matriarch and she has a myriad of health issues that kind of keep her permanently unsound so she can't even be ridden but she teaches all the kids how to be confident around horses she's so steady about her movements that she just encourages anybody who's had a bad experience I can I can let them walk with her and she's going to be she kind of calms everybody down and gives them more confidence and I had it in my head I wanted another one so I bred her two years ago and I have a year and a half old entirely blind filly her name is fly wow and 
Yeah, she was born without eyes. It's called microophthalmia. And so um, that has changed the way I approach the program in more ways than I can imagine. Um, it's very cool. I just let her be a horse, honestly. Yeah. And she just does normal yearling things. Like she she's just a horse and sometimes she can't see. So sometimes she runs into the other horses. Honestly, yeah. that's it. I've seen sighted yearlings run into stuff. So mm, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yep. Yeah, like eh, just a horse thing. Um, and then I have a nine-year-old off the track and he's 17 hands and uh, I'm not, I, he's a friend of mine's horse. And she said, do you want another horse for your program? And I said, he looks really big, but I guess. So now he's here and he's been here for about two and a half years and I love him. He, he's a very cool horse energetically. Um, if you are very clear about your intentions, he is a hundred percent on board, but if you get distracted at all, he also, he's like, okay, let's go do that. Like, that's fine. <laughs> we don't have this. He will not keep you on task. Like he just, he won't participate if you're not participating at that same level. Well, and so it's great for the kids. The kids learn real quick. Like, Oh, yeah. if I want to work with I better I better be on it and know what I'm thinking next you better leave your phone at home yep and mm -hmm. don't look around or like and I encourage the kids like if you feel like you need a break take a break like yeah. go like walk away get out of the horse's space mm -hmm. and that's part of it is learning to recognize that in their in themselves and learning like to just be comfortable saying to an adult, like, hey, I am overwhelmed. I had a rough day at school. Um, we, this is a fun thing to talk about. Um, we, they practice lockdown drills here in the United States for kids. So because of the horrible, horrible situation with all shooting related things with oh, guns, wow. they, yes. uh, and so frequently on days that they practice those at school, the kids, they don't know how to handle that fear or that scared and they'll come and they're entirely unregulated. And so we'll do some mindfulness and grounding on the way to the horses and they'll just need 10 minutes with the horses and they'll even just sit outside the fence and just, just relax for a little bit and pick a flower and hang out and get back to present before they are and I'm like, whenever you guys are ready, you get to choose when you go into the herd, when you're going to start to think about things. And it's it's really beautiful because the kids will show up very ragged and all of a sudden the horses are actively communicating with them and they're having a conversation. And you can see the horses helping them calm down and yeah. um, fly. The, the blind filly is actually she's one of the best calmer horses She'll just get right up in people's space and just start breathing and chewing and like all of the relaxing signs and the people don't even know why. And I'll start explaining like why she's in their space and why she's grazing right around their feet. I'm like, well, have you taken a breath? Like, have you gotten here yet? And it's, it's a very cool process to watch. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, um, yeah, as you said, there's a lot of stress in kids today. Uh, every, oh everyone, yeah, everyone should be the best and the beautiful and uh, everything and, and just to be with the horses and calm down. Yeah, and so many programs 
because of our generation, the parents' generation hasn't really been educated. A non-horse person sees a horse and they're like, well, when are you going to ride? When are you going to jump? When do we go Mm. to a show? They don't know that there's so much more. And it doesn't have to be ribbon oriented. It doesn't have to be that type of goal oriented. No. So I I like to use my program to uh, kind of remind people that there's just, there's so much more that can be done with horses and in the meantime also i'm going to teach you how to wrap legs i'm going to teach you how to do a lameness exam help with the vet why does the farrier do that they get to ask any why question they can possibly think of and if i don't know the answer i mean we're looking it up we're finding it together because it's it's a then they get to learn how to research that and like how does this work and we work on um, like biomechanics and why isn't like snuff has a blown suspensory right now. So why doesn't, why does her hind end hurt when it's in her front end? And so they're, they're learning all of these things to make them better horse people. So when they go out into a more traditional barn setting, they can say to their instructor, like, Hey, I think something's going on in the front because the hind end weird, or I think something's going on in the hind end because the front end is weird. Like, have you looked at those two things? Which is, I'm so excited for it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Because uh, I think that uh, very many adults don't know about this. They just ride. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping I have more fun with kids because we get to play more openly with colors and like a, an actual game and kids are into it. And it takes me a minute to get the adults into the games. They have to let go of that preconceived, (laughs) I have to do something before they'll really start to play. So I have to have more serious games lined up for the grownups. And then uh, when they finally let go and get into it, it, it's pretty beautiful to watch how quickly they become integrated in the herd and how fast they can recognize when they have to take a break. Because, I mean, grownups too, like so much stress and they never... Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, and they just they don't realize it until they're oh. they're still second and they allow themselves that pause and the horses are just the mediators for it you talk about games are there something you have specially in, in your um with your horses oh yeah I uh, I actually created a whole online program to help other instructors. Um, my original four years ago plan or three years ago, whenever I started the program, was to be a traditional riding program. I could have four horses. I could do four lessons at a time and everybody's on the rail. I can teach them. And then literally every one of my horses had a problem riding at the same time. Like every one of them had a soundness issue or snuff was pregnant and then she got hurt and I have um, Honey, who's my little halflinger, and she's adorable, but she had so much nerve pain. Her feet were in such bad shape when she got here that it was hurting her back. And so we've corrected all that. It took her about two years, and now she's finally accepting people without fear on her back and letting them, like, communicate with her. Um, But, yeah, so all of my horses went lame at the same time, and I was like, wow, if I was a traditional school, I would have to shut down. Like I'd have to sell all the horses and close the doors because none of these horses are useful. Like none of them can make their own money. And I started really thinking, what else can I do? Like, how can I teach this? And so I created, I think I've got like 27 pages of different games. Um, 
I met an amazing horsewoman. Her name's Kim Hallen. I'm going to send you, I'm going to try to hook you guys up so she can be on your podcast too, actually. And uh, she is, she's an amazing, amazing human. And she reminded me like, we didn't get into horses because we need a ribbon. We didn't get into horses because I wanted to yell at kids to keep their eyes up and keep their leg on. Like, like we're there because we love them and we want that relationship. So I, took that meeting and just kind of went built the whole program around it honestly is like what can I do to help the kids with their relationship and I like started really jumping on all of that like all of it switched when I was doing eventing it was very like the science behind the eventing how can I get them to jump more straight go more forward collect round use their bodies correctly and now it's like how can I get them to trust me like how can we have that conversation either energetically or through a piece of equipment and how can I teach that to someone else Hmm. and it's been it's been a great adventure (laughs) yes and and maybe that was also uh, like lockdown that there was a sign for you that all your horses were lame and and you couldn't continue in the same way then you have to switch around and and find a, a way yeah and it's been such an amazing journey and it every single day I mean literally every day I think of something else like oh we could do this we could do this I could add on and I've had so many people just like random encounters or people asking me for things about things on Facebook well what can we do with this horse right now or why does this horse do this and I've actually been through it. So I get to say like, hey, let's try this. Let's try this thing. I've had so much more learning, hands-on practical learning experience in the last four years than I had in the 20 years I was riding before that. And it's Mm. like, it sounds terrible because yes, all of my horses have had some sort of medical problem and I hate that for them, but I've learned so much more. Like just Mm. been a phenomenal learning journey. Yeah, but even if they had to go through this, they they did. They they come out on the other side. If they've been on a riding school, I'm not so sure that they would have survived. Absolutely not. And I and I know that. And when I when I bring new people into the program, I'm very picky about who comes here. We have a meet and greet first before they sign up for the program, so that I can kind of assess like, all right do you understand what we're doing? Do you even have an idea? Or do you think that you're going to get here? Your kid's going to ride. It's going to tack up for 15 minutes, 45 minutes of riding, five minutes of cool down, go put the horse away. Um, And I want to make sure that that is never an expectation. Mm -hmm. And that helps create a a more understanding of like what we're doing. Cause like, sometimes the kids don't ride. (laughs) Sometimes they just stand in the field and that's all right. And Mm -hmm. I don't, bringing treats into the field like yes we have some I teach kids how to do clicker training so yes there is food sometimes involved Um, but it's all an honest open relationship and so I encourage I tell all the parents that and I'm like this is why I have this herd every one of these members of this herd would have been sold every single one of them or put down like realistically and I I don't want to give that message to my daughter. So inherently, I don't want to give that message to your kids that horses are disposable and that we should just get rid of them if they're not being ridden Mm -hmm. because there's so much more to do than that. 
Yeah, and sometimes if if you are patient with a horse, maybe as you said, it took two years for your halflinger. Uh, maybe put a couple of years in them, they will recover, and you can use them again. But people don't have the time today. It is money, money, money. It's too expensive to have the horses uh, so long time. So they just put them down and and buy a new one instead. Yep. And I'm I'm hoping, my hope for the program is to kind of teach the kids directly that like, just because a horse isn't being ridden doesn't mean they're not good for something. Doesn't mean you can't, you can't engage with them and still have a conversation. And then indirectly teach the parents like this is a realistic thing. This will happen if you get a horse. The horse will get hurt. It's their horses. It happens. Yes. Like yes. this is things that you can do the parents can do with the kid they can encourage the kid like this is a life lesson like things are do not have to be disposable like we we deserve we owe it to them to try to help them and yes. like i get their thing all right do it in chunks like yeah <laughs> everybody Everybody sees my uh, my Facebook. It's regularly like, hey, Fly's got another vet bill. Here's my GoFundMe. <laughs> like, who wants a lesson? <laughs> like, we're having events this month as a fundraiser. It'll be great. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's, I think it's a more realistic side of horses than the lesson, than a traditional lesson program. Yes, it is. It is, really. That sounds great. Uh, so you are making a, a digital program with the I game. Am. You said yes. Yep. And so uh, I my it's I did it last year, and I haven't really restarted it since the summer. But my hope is to help other instructors with the similar size programs or even bigger programs build their own individualized unmounted program just give them the confidence that they can have their lame or broken horses participate in a maybe a completely different thing uh like in a different way so i've had uh like half a dozen maybe a dozen clients so far and i i honestly i just listen to their programs i i see it and i give them ideas like have you tried working with this foundation have you tried this invite these people join these groups this is how i would advertise this you know and it's just been a whole lot of online coaching almost and yeah. helping other instructors realize that they they can do this like this is not i am I mean, I'm nobody, like honestly, <laughs> and they can they can do this too in their area. Like, yes, it may seem like it's impossible, but it's just it's only impossible if you think it is. Hmm. That's right. That's right. And I have interviewed a lot of people who use horses only for uh, therapy, and the the horses don't work. So why not for kids? Yep. Hmm. And if we can change the next generation if we can really um get them questioning like why do we do this why hasn't why hasn't our equipment upgraded in a hundred years our english saddles look mm. pretty much the same that's unfortunate like we're using the same materials come on like yeah. we can do better and if we can start asking that of the kids they can go to their new i don't if it's here great if it's not here that's great too 
just spreading the seeds of it and asking, why do we do this? And being confident and knowing enough about a horse to be able to say like, hey, their stifle looks funny. And maybe that's why they're not getting that canner. Please don't hand me a stick. Can like, don't give me spurs a stick. Can we get a vet out and make sure that they're sound? Yeah. Or can you do in there? And I think that'll be a big change in the way that we have that conversation. And I think, I hope, I don't know if it's the Facebook algorithm fooling me, but it, I feel like the industry is starting to have a little bit of that shift anyway, more yes. toward why, towards here's a stick, let's hit the horse. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's uh, the turning around now. There's a lot of, of things going on in the world uh, with this uh, competition with bits and spurs and, and whips and everything that we question why should we have these things when we are riding? Because a horse is uh, very sensitive and, and you don't have to be aggressive with the horse. Right. Like if there's, I kind of, I've been hoping that it's sinking in, but I've definitely been working with the kids of like, what was that feedback? Like when honey, my halflinger, when she pulls on the lead rope to go a different direction, is that she's hungry? Like, tell me why she did that. And then I'll, I'll teach you how to ask her not to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, let's, let's work together. As soon as you can translate the why, we might be able to fix that behavior in a way that isn't aggressive. And like, and it's amazing to see the kids really just pause for that second and go, oh, because it's 5.15 and she usually eats around five, between five and six. She's probably thinking she's going to get food. And I'm like, there you go. So what can we do? Like, and it's really cool, again, just to see, to watch the kids kind of have that aha moment. <laughs> yes. And, and you get them to think and, and just, yeah, use their brains in another way. <laughs> yeah. And especially after school, the kids are so, um, like, just so used to listening, like, listen, respond to the teacher, listen, respond to the teacher, that, like, having them be the leader of it and be yeah. kind of in control of it, it's, it's, like, yeah, it's very cool. I have a, I have a blast with it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, do you have anything other thing you can tell about it? Um, we are hopefully going to get a second barn because I have been asked we're looking for another facility we don't have the money yet mind you but we're looking for another facility I'm going to go backwards on this um uh, we've been asked to kind of have a barn B so that when the kids graduate the unmounted program and they're like wow Teresa this is what I'd really like to do with horses yeah um I haven't found near me any riding programs that are kind of on par like they follow the same type of um, questioning and they're very discipline specific barns around here mm -hmm. and so I don't have anywhere for them to go honestly that I I'm like okay so that barn goes to shows and I know they one drug their horses or here's a tie down or here's a crop I'm like this isn't you're gonna they're not gonna listen to anything that you say yet so let's get you to someplace else. So my, my goal is to have a barn B that'll be more of like a riding barn. Like they can come in. It's not a pressured riding barn, but they do get to go and explore the discipline they want to do at the speed they want to go with no yeah. showing requirements or leasing requirements. Mm -hmm. um, and we are starting up 
working with a couple of nonprofits, having um, different groups come out as like a social skills. So uh, I'm hoping to work with uh, a couple of autistic centers, I guess is the best way to put it. Just a couple mm-hmm. of different groups. Yeah. yeah, they get together. And I am not a therapeutic writing center. Um, in the States, you have to be, there's a lot of different things you have to check off to be yes. a therapeutic center. Yeah. I assume same there. And I am, I'm not a mental health professional. I have learned a lot about grounding and mindfulness and how to keep people mm-hmm. present because that's what I struggle with. But I am in no way a mental health professional. Um, I am a great horse translator. I love listening to the horses and helping other people hear it. And um, I hired a behavioral therapist as my other instructor. So she uses that education in in her lessons, which is very cool. So I ask the why and she goes, this is how to change that behavior. It's a very neat dynamic that we have. Um, so we, we collectively, we decided we didn't want to even follow that and really jump down the therapeutic writing center because this way we get to do what we feel is best. We don't, we're not kind of confined by the box of being no. a regulated center we get to go in any direction that we want and that's kind of the reason I created the online program is I want to encourage other instructors to feel confident in their skills and not have to pay to have this certification and this certification and this certification like you you have the knowledge Mm, they're just telling you how to fit why can't you think of the way to use it on your own like let's build your own unique program Mm. So that's our goal is two barns and uh, just kind of change the conversation. (laughs) Yeah, sounds great. Great to me. Thanks. And uh, I reckon that uh, other people from all the world is uh, watching this program here and uh, maybe they want to get in touch with you. Where, Where can they find you? On Facebook and Instagram, we're Bit O Gold Equestrian. And um, if you're interested in watching, I set up an Instagram and Facebook for the Born Blind Foal, and it's Fly the Blind Philly. And it's very cool. It definitely highlights a lot of the nature versus nurture of horses and like things that you wouldn't think like horses just inherently do no it's a lot of it like their mom shows them and since fly can't see she's never seen it um and it's i joke a lot about how easy it is to have a blindfold because like she doesn't spook at plastic bags or blankets (laughs) that's right flying up she's just like oh it seems to be something over there she's a she's a really quiet horse like (laughs) yeah so, um, but yeah, if, if they're interested, if anybody's interested, it's bit of gold equestrian on Facebook and Instagram and fly the blind Philly on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm going to try to get a little training channel of like the things I have to convert. We use a lot of body language in training horses. And it's yeah. interesting if somebody takes that away from me, I'm not really sure how I'm going to be communicating with fly. So stay tuned. I fail and try again regularly. So that's the way forward you can't uh, succeed without fails that that is the way yep yeah 
That's fantastic. I'm so happy to hear about it because uh, I think it's a uh, it's it's a new way. It's, it's a new way to see how horses is treated, and and uh, I'm so happy that the kids are involved as well. Yeah, we have fun. We have lots of coloring things. The whole pack room's decorated in different posters they made, and there is not one piece of matching tack in here. I'll tell you right now, we are. It is definitely <laughs> <a> kids' program. <laughs> yeah, and and as you said, in school, there's kind of in in little boxes, and and then they can get wherever they want when they come to you. That's fantastic. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you very much for sharing this. And I hope somebody out there are inspired because I think that this is a, a, a thing that you can get really inspired in. So, uh, yeah. Thank you Thanks. for coming. It was, thank you uh, so much. Amazing. It was a pleasure to have you here and very, very nice to hear about your project. And I wish you luck in the, in the future. Thanks, Anne. I am very excited. Thank you again for having me on. Yeah. And thank you out there for you who had listened and, and seen us. And please subscribe to this channel uh, so we can carry on with new nice people in next week so have a great time out there and thanks a lot Teresa thank you